Welcome to Under the Table Talk with yours truly, Sierra and Ethan, brought to you by the Believe Network. Let's get into it. What is up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of Under the Table Talk. We have a very special guest today, all the way from Australia, our good friend D. Before we get to her episode, please allow me to introduce you, the co-host of the show, the igloo-inhabiting incredible Sierra Speck. I'm not a penguin. Who knows? I know. I definitely know. Could be a Halloween costume choice this year. And you know I don't like the wintertime. You know, I had to get three eyes lined up together. I mean, you did it. You it, The task was done. And I don't think you appreciate, I just recently watched uh, with P-Dog Incredibles 2, which I didn't know they even made. Oh my made. god, dude, that scene with Jack-Jack and the raccoon is yeah. my favorite. I love raccoons, one. And two, I love Jack-Jack. So that scene is, I was rolling around on the ground, hysterically crying at that scene. Were you not? It was it was hysterical. Hilarious how they incorporate Jack-Jack into the whole, oh well, my Well, Jack-Jack might be the best character, but I was no, I was calling you basically an incredible. Oh. An igloo inhabiting incredible. So like, your power is almost like Frozone's. Like, you're, you can just deal with the cold. Where's my super suit? See, that's a nice callback to the first, first Incredibles yep. movie. Um, yep. Essentially, I just learned there was uh, a new Incredibles movie, but it was good. Wow. I appreciated it. It, it was, was very good. It was delightful, and uh, we're here. Incredibly incredible. We're incredibly incredible, and I'm incredibly grateful to be done with 75 Hard. Yeah, dude. Congrats. I know congrats. You've, I know you've seen me eat a little chocolate already. He's uh, in, not only eaten, but indulged. I have indulged in chocolate, indulged for sure. Indulged majorly. And, and you'll see me take my first sip of alcohol with you had, Dee. Yeah. Yes. A little peanut, past the Pinot, because we talk about her book, um, and we thought it was fitting to have a little wine on the show. Uh, we don't know YouTube regulations or I, IG regulations, but screw it. We're just going to drink on... It's regulated. On a We're platform. Of age. Yeah. We're of age. We just can't post it before noon on weekdays. Is that a thing? I just learned you, about that being a thing. I don't thing? think we'd get shut down. We're not big enough to be known for that. But I just learned posting alcohol. You can't promote alcoholic products, and I don't. We're not really promoting a product. It's just us drinking a glass of wine. Um, but you can't promote alcoholic you can't products. promote pro- alcoholic products before noon. That's very interesting. It wouldn't go over well at Dayton because most of our yeah. drinking partakes in the morning. Well, at least we're not promoting. We're just. Consuming. indulging and consuming in our favorite beverages that happen to be alcoholic yeah i wonder if natty light follows that model at all i because their doubt audience it. is us. like yes only us yes um but yeah anyways done with 75 hard it was really cool honestly didn't really want to make a big deal about it when i finished it or started or even in between a lot of things obviously changed in my life during that span but how do you feel in terms of like i just want to make it known to everybody listening if you don't already know, Ethan has a serious chocolate addiction. Yeah, that part like didn't. And it's it's like full go. Like, did you feel like when you were done with seventy five hard that you were like, I'm not really craving chocolate, so like I don't need it. But no, that like... was that was the horrible part. Like my craving for chocolate never went away. To be fair, I'm not addicted to alcohol, so like that part really wasn't that hard. Other than like dealing with social situations, which we talked about with Brian. Um, and Which I haven't craved fine. alcohol. Like I don't really have the need to get drunk. 
Um, working out still easy for me to go do. Like I like having that routine. Okay, right, but I'm asking you about chocolate. I'm telling I... you specifically, it didn't go away. Right, because that's so strange to me. I had a serious chocolate addiction. It was really, really bad. Like I had chocolate for every single meal. Like I not only ate chocolate candy. Like I had chocolate covered. Like everything like chocolate well, you know, cereal you know mine and rivals. chocolate oats and chocolate like i incorporated it into everything and i did 40 days and 40 nights without it and my cravings went away i still eat chocolate but not as much craving didn't go away i'm a little concerned about that but uh we live to fight another day and maybe you know we'll bring on an addiction expert and they'll be like okay let's talk about heroin cigarettes and all this stuff and we'll <laughs> oh be like God. we'll be like well, like sir we really just need you to explain my chocolate addiction but that is something we won't be able to get to this time. So let's get on over to D again, all the way from Australia. Very excited to bring you this episode of Under the Table Talk. See you in a second. Welcome back, everybody, to Under the Table Talk. I'm so, so excited to bring my friend from the furthest distance away, all the way from Australia, the intelligent and incredible D. How you doing? Hey, Welcome I'm under good. the table. Thank it's, you. It's, it's so good. great to have you here. And we have, we're going to pour ourselves some wine in honor of you because of your book, Pass the Pinot. I don't hey. know. If this is, is this a Pinot, by the way? This is not a Pinot. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're doing you a disservice. I didn't have a Pinot open, so but we're going to go rosé. Yeah. Um, good enough. <laughs> I got to ask you, how was, how was that process of writing the book? Cheers to you. Cheers to the peanut. Um, because it's seven in the morning here for me <laughs> you're, being, you're being respectable yes absolutely <laughs> 2 p.m here in la <laughs> um writing the book was real cathartic and it was great for me because i needed a, a big outlet after you know what happened with um mtv and all that stuff so i felt like there was just so much that was like churning inside me and like so many like you know themes and stuff in my head that if I didn't put it onto pen and paper I will forget like who I was and what I overcame to be where I am now so I really just wanted really? to write something and like document how I got to where I was as well because you know the story of um how my mom came to Australia and everything that like led me to be on this tv show and led me to be where I am today I like it's all to my mom you know I everything she's done has led me here today so writing that was actually yeah real like cathartic and it was just great that I can just look back on that and like that's my legacy you know absolutely that's amazing that's amazing very rare for people to have a book at your age about that legacy that you've built and your legacy is only going to continue to grow and how old are you D? 30 I just turned 30 in February oh my god what an accomplishment for your 30th right (laughs) too like how long did it take you to write the book um two and a half years Oh my gosh. I was going to say, because when I met you, so backstory on you and I, I met you, you were just thinking about the book and getting started on the book. And I remember that was a very exciting time. You and I were in San Francisco together doing an event. We were having a great time. I just kind of informed you before the show, but you and I almost were in some some serious trouble. We (laughs) were driving back to Los Angeles with another cast member as well. And my car, I've never done this before. I know your car can stop from battery issues. Your car can run out of gas. But my car wouldn't turn on for any reason. It wasn't the battery. It wasn't the gas. Like the lights would still come on. And I'm panicking. You and Turbo are in the car. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how to convince these people that we might need to like find a shack or a hotel nearby because this car is never going to start again. Um, 
but I'm traumatized by that to this day. Like when I get in my car and I try to start it, I'm like, oh, there, it's just going to, it's going to be the end. Today is the and day. If anyone who knows Ethan and knows his vehicle. It's a gross. And she actually, D has, I might splice the clip. D gave me a lot of shit for my car. You Did have. I? Yeah. You said it was a, you said it was a mess in the back. You well, were not, you were not happy in the seat that I. Probably I, not wrong. I remember. I actually do remember getting in the car. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" this yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "I came from San Fran, from fucking Australia, and you put me in this like a fucking car." A, sh- <laughs> a shitty little Hyundai. It is. It was. It's not great. It's it, like duct taped, Ethan. Yeah, it's. it's oh, I've had it since I was 15, so that part's cute. But even that's not that cute. Oh my so. god, that's old. You know it gets you from A to B sometimes. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. which is the most important part. And to continue on how amazing you are as a human being. To this day, I give you credit, even more so. I've known Sierra for over a decade and no other women, of course. There's never been a better wing woman on the planet than you, <laughs> D. And I have to thank you for it. You, for those who know Georgia Harrison, the love of my life, although I have a girlfriend, sorry about that. Um, D, I don't know how she does it. I had no idea how. Talked me up. However it was, I'll never be in the room that it happened in, but D got the job done. Way and- to go. I hey to this day, thank I, you so much, D. I don't even remember how that happened. But we went to hide. I don't know if you remember going to hide. It was me, you, the Nolan twins, and Georgia. You were like loving it. Like that was the time of your life then. I, mean, <laughs> I remember four gorgeous girls <laughs> and me and hide. Like how does that happen? Oh, it was so good. I do miss like you know the states, and I miss like that time there because that that was like the time of my life, but. You know, it was just so wild, like everything that happened and all like these decisions you make, like lead you to certain like um, points in your life. Because, yeah, like if I like all that stuff that didn't happen afterwards, I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't have met my partner now. And, you know, we're planning to move to um, the Philippines together. So it's just like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Why the Philippines? That's awesome. Um, so he's in the Navy uh, and he he's posted out there for two years for work. So we decided oh, to. Oh, oh my God. That's so exciting. Yeah. I, ha- I have to ask only because, so you use the word partner. Are you guys engaged? No. So we're not engaged, but okay. we are. <laughs> I was like, we just had somebody who just got engaged right before you on the show. I was like, this is. Oh, a really? Club. Yes. No, no, no. We only met in December. So it's still early days. Okay. But... Okay. Okay. I was like, did I miss another <laughs> engagement? And then, the, and then the girl we had on before the last show got married and I missed it. So I've just been missing. We've been yeah, missing. We've I've been, been missing. missing. So I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I was in love. So maybe I might get engaged after this. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> that's the you luck. Might be predicting. I was gonna say that's the luck of our show. We, everyone, <laughs> everyone leaves this ending up with a better life. And so, I stay single. And she stays single. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, is so, this is so great, though. What made you decide to um, start a podcast? She wanted one. I had yeah. done a sports yeah. one, and yeah. I still belong to a network that will post all. Like I don't. I'm too lazy to actually run a podcast. So we have a network that takes care of it for us thank you believe podcast thank you believe uh but yeah we were just like like we always just sit and shoot the shit and we we're like we should just like shoot the shit with a microphone yeah <laughs> yeah and so, I, uh, it was just us for a while and then we started bringing people on and like people like the guests and we we're like all right well yeah. let's just we have cool friends so why not bring our friends on let's you bring know it on. and just have a fun conversation with it and we it's usually really- we usually yeah. lead, and I don't want to, you You can go as light in the story as you want. I usually lead asking the question, can you remember and what was the worst date you've ever been on? 
Oh, the worst date I've been on. Oh, God. It could be a first date, too. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a like the worst date, but it was quite embarrassing for me because like I um I used to work in the city and opposite this um opposite where I worked was this bar and they make great mai tais, and I would bring all my my, yeah all of my Tinder dates there like on a Thursday (laughs) Friday night, and you know it was just easy for me after work just like pop next door and then. This one time I brought a guy there that I really liked and the bartender greeted us and he was like, oh, you again. And oh, then he was no. like, what do you mean you again? I was like, oh, you know, I was just here yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that wasn't like the worst. I think another time I took um, this guy to that same bar and he was like a financial guy or whatever. So, you know, he'd be cashed up. And yeah. when it came to um, pay for the bill, his card declined. <gasps> and I was like, dude, you're like talking up about your job and you're like working at one of like the big four banks and your card declined. You'd ask me on a date. You didn't make sure to have enough money on your card. Oh, and then, no like, way. Family is like, oh, you know, I don't like, it usually doesn't happen. I was like, well, that's all right. I've got to do. So I just tapped and like, I left. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ended up, oh, no. oh, no. It was so embarrassing for me just standing there watching him fumble. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like and second the embarrassment. Yeah. And the bartender was just staring at him. And I was like, this is my regular spot, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. This bartender's like, well, she's going to need a better date next time she's here. <laughs> By the way, that must be the go-to word for a man is like, it, this doesn't usually happen. It doesn't like go, because mm-hmm. not only happens. does that work on the check, it also works apparently in the bedroom. It doesn't yeah. usually happen. I swear to God. I swear I'm better than this. Which hopefully you don't have to worry a whole lot about. But yeah, that's, guys have yeah, a really a bad, it, it's a bad thing. Yeah. So tip like for anyone that's out there, that's going to take anyone on a first date, make sure you have enough in your bank. You have money. Got it. Yeah, sure. you're back in. yeah, that's uh I can't say that's ever happened to me. Not to mention I have like multiple cards. So if it did happen, I would be okay. You have a backup. I would have a you should always you have should a backup. Always have a backup. And should have a backup to the backup. So. Exactly. True. But like don't most people have like a backup? I don't I know how it works in Australia, by the way. I don't know. I'm sure it's the same. But I think he was just so embarrassed that initially yeah. it just declined. And then, like, I was just like, I can't watch this anymore. So I just paid and left. And then he had the audacity to ask me for a second date. And I'm like, are you serious? <gasps> Not after That's... that fumble. Not after that. No. no. That is <laughs> certainly tough. Now, you just kind of, like, sparked my idea. Because I feel like I've never gotten into this with you before. And we just had somebody on from Brazil. So... We're Brazil's known for having the Giselle Bunchems and the beautiful women and stuff. Australia is also known for very beautiful people and mostly in the male department, the Chris Hemsworths of the world and stuff. Can you confirm or deny all men in Australia look like Chris Hemsworth? No. <laughs> Damn. Definitely, definitely not. Um, Australia is very multicultural, right? So, like, we've got a lot of, like, ethnicities here. So, we've got a lot of, like, Asians, Lebanese you know, Indians or whatever. So not everyone looks like Chris Hemsworth. There are a few like here and there in like certain areas. Like, you know how you guys are in Cali and then you've got like Venice Beach and whatever. So we've got like our equivalent of, you know, Maroubra or like Bondi Beach. And then that's where, you know, you see like more like a certain ethnicity than the other. Oh, right, 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 right. That makes sense. That checks out. And I get, I'm curious along those lines because you've honestly been lucky. I've only travel out of the country once you've been out of the country a bunch like have you noticed dating trends 
different in like country to country. Like you can, I would hope you shit on America. I'm assuming dating American <laughs> men might've been the worst experience for you, Probably. but I don't know. Like, I don't know how it's been in Australia. I mean, dating, look, what I love about American men are that they're, they're not shy. They're very confident. They'll come up to you and like, you know, approach you and say like, you know, you're looking fine or whatever. I'd love to buy you a drip. So I love that, you know, confidence here in Australia. Most people don't really approach you. Like I rarely get approached when I'm out. I don't know whether it's like an ego thing or oh. people a bit more tight here, but I've, I've noticed American guys are a lot more generous. Oh. Um, European wow. men are just very, um, they're just amazing. Like European men are my favorite kind of date. Like mine now wow. is like from the UK. So, you know, he can classify as European, but yeah, European men are just more fun. Um, they don't like get in their own like heads, heads too much. I feel like Australian men's are very, um, egotistical. Um, and they can be like, yeah, they can be a bit like tight with their money and like not willing to like, you know, buy you around a drink or something. Interesting. Okay. That might be the most beneficial clip ever recorded on like a podcast like you yeah. just you laid out i mean it's only three countries but you just laid out globally how men work and honestly that's I'm, awesome i'm I mean, going to europe yeah. <laughs> we're, we're sending sierra to europe send me to europe we're, we're on a field testing trip. that is hysterical I do, I do love american men like when i was over there i just remember just meeting so many amazing like men and women but like just like i think men are just more respectful like if you say no they're like okay no worries so, sorry ma'am or whatever it is but um you know wow. like or if, like you say yes or whatever it's not creepy they're just like here's your drink and then they go and then it's up to you if you want to follow up with that conversation so i really like that interesting yeah that is wow i did you just remind me so and you know this story so i fell in love with an australian woman this i think within the last year i know I think. But she was out here for two weeks gorgeous yeah. amy rose is her name goes perfect with ethan rose it's almost like we wouldn't even <laughs> had to change names but uh I was about to call you actually and be like, if you needed a roommate, I'm ready to move to Australia for this girl. She, I don't know if she calls it lust. I think I was truly in love. I don't know. You guys kind of have some power over there. It sounds what, like. What part of Australia was she from? Oof. Clearly, I was. <laughs> clearly, I clearly was focused on some other stuff, but yeah. uh, maybe Sydney. That was so bad. If I said Sydney. I don't you know. Got bamboozled by the accent. You just heard the accent. You're like, oh my god. Oh, she, yeah, Probably. I, I kind of, I was very taken aback. Your guys' accent is so strong. I mean, and it is weird because I clearly knew you beforehand, so it's not like I haven't heard an Australian accent before. Mm. But yeah, she got me. I mean, I remember being all sad. Like, I remember too. He lover boy in Australia, and I was yeah. like, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, no, well, if, you, if you ever do want to come, I've got a couch here for you as well. So you can... I, I, I fit yeah. well on a couch. So I will, I will chase Amy Rose and stay with you. Um, <laughs> so we brought you on because knowing you and what we've talked about before is something that pretty much everybody does through their adolescence, through their teenage years, and through whatever part of our lives we're in right now. It's kind of like sharing information with your parents. And I know myself that doing this podcast with you, Sierra, mm -hmm. my mom now knows all the details of my life. His Something. mom is an avid listener. My avid mom listener, like number listened. one fan. Yeah. My mom, <laughs> I, I'd been telling my mom I was a virgin until I was, I guess, 28 at this point. And like now she knows. She knows everything. She knows everything. I, but I would, like, it, I don't know, it just doesn't come up naturally. It's not like I'm going home to mom and dad and being like, hey, mom, hey, dad, just had an awesome threesome before oh. I moved to LA, right? Well, like, no, and right. not everybody's that close with their parents, so they're going to tell them about their sex lives, because I think that's... Yeah. But I do find there's an art to keeping stuff from your parents, and I know you, specifically, 
had to keep a lot from it. And I just want to know kind of like, did it feel like it was more of a toll or did you think it just kind of kept things separate and safe for the majority of your life? Um, I think it's, it was very different because like growing up, it was only mom and I for, for a while before, you know, she met my stepdad and everything like that. But in the Asian culture, you don't really, like, I don't really have that close relationship with my mom where I can tell her about things, you know. Um, I remember when I got my period for the first time, like I told her, oh, you know, like I got my period and she's like, oh, you know, just go upstairs and get some like pads or whatever, tampons or whatever. And she never really explained the whole, whole process of like, wh- like why I was like having my period and all that stuff. And I think because she went through a lot of trauma herself, you know, being um, an immigrant from Vietnam and escaping the war and all that stuff, it's hard for her to communicate and talk. And she probably had trauma from her mom so it just sort of um passed on to me where we don't really speak about things um we keep things like buried down so growing up you know I went through a lot of things like you know I was sexually assaulted at a young age and all these like things happen I had abusive like you know relationships or whatever not physically physically abusive but emotionally abusive and I just never like tell her things I just felt like because she had so much of her own shit to deal with I just didn't want to burden her with my stuff. That was sort of like my sort of um, thinking. And over time, it just got easier to not tell her things because when things do like sort of like spill out, she gets really stressed and overworked and like anxious. And for me to protect mom was to just not tell her about things. And it just got to this point where, you know, I was on a TV show and she doesn't know about it. Like, you know, because she values hard work and she thinks like um, once you stay in a job, that's it forever. She doesn't understand career progression and right. doing like, opportunities because she thinks like safety is just having one job and that's it. Um, So, you know, all the experiences I have, all the travel stuff I've had, you know, I just don't really tell exactly what it is because I don't want her to stress or worry, which is sad. Oh. Because I feel like I should be at a stage where I can tell her now, but it's just it's been going on for so long, you know, I just don't have that relationship where I tell her things. So what's the point? Like you feel like you shouldn't, like you shouldn't, the role should be reversed. Like you shouldn't be trying to protect your mom. Like like it's, she should be trying to protect you. So it's like a hard, like bad, like inner battle where you're just like, I should be able to tell my mom these things, you know, but I like, I don't want to upset her or make her more stressed or, you know, whatever the case is, which is like really hard, really hard thing to do. And I was, and I get, you kind of answered it. Like for me, it's almost you and I've recently, like very, very, very recently begun to be like, all right. Like I do come from two different worlds. Like my parents, they were very protective and loving and everything, but they were teachers, educators that kind of had, they knew, they knew paths and the path I took, obviously very unconventional, like working in reality TV, working in entertainment as a whole. And then everything that came along with it, I only recently became comfortable enough to be like, eh, I don't really care to hide this anymore. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to tell it the stories, but I'm not hiding it. If questions are asked, I will answer. And if like the story, if they're around for me telling a funny story that has some weird moments in it, like I'm less concerned. But I remember being so like tight lipped about it. I remember being like, I almost didn't want to be judged by my parents in a way like or have to hear there's going to be this consequence for that, or yeah. there's going to be like trying to tell me what's going to happen because I went through most of most of those things. And I don't think the consequences they would have been worried about actually came to fruition. So mm-hmm. interesting. It's, it's a tough place to be. I think when like um, parents have children, right. They try to like, you know, have like 
they try to protect them the best that they can but I think for me my biggest lesson that I had to learn was like I'm living my life for me and not my mum you know so it's my life so regardless if like you know whatever she says it might be like if I might make a decision that disappoints it doesn't really matter because it's still my life and I need to live this for me I need to honor the sacrifices that she made to because to live a happy and healthy life like this is what I want to do yeah that's so true I feel like I I don't even know about you I know you're yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I feel like I hid a lot of stuff from my mom, but like the stuff I hid from my mom was um, more like just like teenage things. Like I was going out drinking. I was like doing a lot of things I like shouldn't have been doing. You know, I was like my mom was a very, very, very strict mom. Like mm. I had a strict curfew. It was like hours earlier than all my friends. She never wanted me doing anything like I feel like her as a parent, she was just one of those parents that was like, so many things can happen to you. Mm. Like, I don't need that to happen, you know? And she like worried too much. So I would literally like my friends, I had like two best girlfriends and their parents would lie for me to my mom. And my mom would call them and they'd be like, yeah, the girls are just staying here. And five minutes later, we walk out the door in like short skirts and tops and like go into a party. But yeah. like, me, if you like, can imagine me too, I had a great short skirt and right? tight tops were always tight. So like, it was great. So like, I was just outgoing doing things that like I shouldn't have been doing probably at the age of like 15. But then I think that that also coincided with, I was, I would never say I was close with my mom. I feel like I resented my mom for years because she never let me like have a life. And I just always viewed all my other friends as like they had older siblings and their parents didn't care because they were the youngest and oh, we've done this before. So everyone was kind of like a free baller, like mm. out of all of my friends. And so I was just always trick. I was always a rebel. I was never a homebody. I never wanted to be home. I was always trying to be out. And if my mm. mom would try and talk to me about like anything serious, I like just kind of like went inward, you know, and she never wanted me to have a boyfriend. So if I ever even liked a guy, I was like, I'm not going to tell my mom. So like, even like it's come up into like my adult age where I still don't really tell my mom about like guys in my life or like a new guy I'm dating. Like it takes me a while because I was just, I just always go back to like my childhood of her being like, you can't have a boyfriend. Like don't date. You're not allowed to like him. No, he can't come over. And I'm just like, okay. Like, okay. Well, that's a, I mean, that's like, you know, about to be like, what I was going to ask. Like, are you at this stage, like comfortable, like, in your new relationship now like would you introduce your partner to your mom at this point yeah he was just at um my parents house yesterday (laughs) I think my mom got past the stage of like oh don't have a boyfriend to when are you going to have a boyfriend and I think she thought I was a lesbian at one stage because I was living with a (laughs) best friend at the time um and my mom came over and saw her apartment she's like oh so you two live here together I was like yeah she's like oh okay okay (laughs) and she's like oh do you know when are you gonna have a boyfriend like you know you always hang out with that girl like he lives with you I was like yeah she's my best mate so yeah yeah she was real concerned I was like and you know so I just feel like yeah we're dating and what (laughs) yeah whatever what are you gonna do about my mom's the same way now she's like so when are you gonna get married and I'm like chill (laughs) 100 and I still feel uncomfortable talking about my men 
Yeah. Not like there are many of them. Hey. <laughs> but like, Dee's going to leave this being like, well, that was fun, but I feel so bad for Sierra. Just so oh, single. No. Like, I'm just kidding. Sierra, you got to come to Europe. Like, let's, let's I see. know. I know. <laughs> it's on my to-do list. I was just talking to my friend uh, literally right before this, and she was like, do you want to go to Bali next month? And I was like, you I kind of <laughs> I don't you know could, what other men are like in Bali, but sure. You could meet your we, husband there. But we could pop to a lot Europe. of Australians in Bali. <laughs> Love. Because it's only a like six hour flight from us. So everyone in oh, Australia. Easy. Bali. That's like from Cali to Hawaii. Easy. Yeah, that's super nice. We like to wrap up the show where we put uh, our guests under pressure a little bit. No hard feelings on our end. What we do is a little rapid fire. And you have to pick either Sierra or myself. So traditionally, the first question is always like, who's going to get married first out of the two of us? And you would pick one of us. Now, I know you know me and don't know her, but don't feel bad. <laughs> don't feel bad if you pick me for everything. It tends to go my way. I'm gonna it tends to go Ethan's way because he comes up with the questions. I don't share the questions with Sierra, so she has no idea. So I'm going to try to make it a little Australian themed. Probably not going to work out. My brain doesn't actually work as fast as I wish it would work. But we're going to start it off. We're going to start it off. We'll start with the simple one. Which of the two do you think would get married first? You know what? I actually feel like Sierra might get married first. Because that might be Ethan, your first time. Ethan, you are just such a lover. You just fall in love with just anyone that walks past. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, Sierra, I feel like you're a bit more intentional about who you want in your life. So I'm like, okay. Oh. That's the first one I've won off the marriage question. And might be the most honest take of me of all the questions <laughs> yeah. so far. So, all right. That's so funny. Who would, who would survive a shark attack off the Gold Coast? Oh, do you know what? Um, I think feel like, Ethan, you might survive a yes. little bit better only okay. because you, you're a bit more, like, bigger bone than Sierra. So, like, not you can still survive a, a shark attack. Got so, it. if you got more, if they can. Yeah. Love so. It. If a shark comes for you, what you got to do is punch them in the nose and they swim away. So don't flay all about, punch them in the nose. So the basically nose. I have a better right hook than you do. I got like a knife. <laughs> That's it. Who, Practice. Who most likely, and this probably isn't realistic in the slightest, who's most likely to tame and live with a kangaroo? No one, because you can't tame and live with a kangaroo. Oh, My friend had a pet kangaroo. No, the little, or wallabies, right? The little, little guys? Uh, joeys, little joeys. Got it. How did your friend have a pet kangaroo? I don't know. And it was in Ohio. It was in Cleveland, Ohio. She had a pet kangaroo. He had a little diaper on and he'd hop around the house and they named him Jackie Legs. That's so illegal. I That's feel so like. illegal. Right? We, and we just outed them. So who I knows? have no idea how they got the kangaroo, but they had a yeah. room in their house. Just cut that. <laughs> who Who's most likely to be a millionaire first? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you, Ethan, if you like on a reality TV show or whatever, and then you win it, like the challenge. <laughs> well, that I guess goes into a good second question. We don't have to go deep, but who of the two of us would win the challenge? Oh, I don't know. Cause I don't know you, Sierra. So I'll, give you, I'll tell you, she is an athlete, but and yeah. probably good social skills. So I will get those. Are the only probably two. good social. She skills. does have good social skills, but that's, <laughs> I'm not trying to give you a resume. I feel like you, Ethan, because you know, like the history of like reality TV, you work in it, so you know how to play the game a bit better, so you might win. <laughs> That's fair. And who would most likely be a movie star? Oh, Sierra for sure. Yeah, you got the name for She's got the yeah. name for it. It's fine. The Ethan Rose. Nice, yeah. yeah, Ethan <laughs> Rose doesn't really go with it, so I, I totally get it. Well, that was a good rapid fire. I think it was, more, it was more split. Usually it like weirdly does go towards me, and I'm not saying I'm the better person, but you know. Um, 
anything to plug promote i know you've got your podcast divine i know you have the book coming out whatever you want to promote right now to close out all you i mean the podcast is something that's just in the background but i'm not really actively on it i've just been working and keeping my head down i work in marketing now full time so i haven't really had time for it but the one thing I do want to plug is the book, Pastor Pino. You can find it on Amazon. Just search up Pastor Pino. Um, yeah, and just check it out and read it if you're interested in knowing, like, how my mum came to Australia, how I grew up, um, what happened with the whole MTV thing um, that led up to it. So if you're interested, read it in the book. Yeah. Amazing. We're going to read it on mm. our end because, one, I made that promise two and a half years ago to do it. So now <laughs> I know it's on Amazon. Now it's out. I will get it and be a good friend. Yeah. Like, I mean, like $20. Paid. So, you know, yeah. support. <laughs> I, I, I literally buying it right now when we hang up here. Sierra, anything to close off this episode? No, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming all the way from Australia. 7 a.m. your time to hang out with us under the table. From down under to down under the table. Oh, there you go. Hey, hey, a little huh? cheesy, but I like it was a little cheesy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Hashtag down under the table. Down. That would. All right, we've got our hashtag for this week. But <laughs> that's been this week's episode, everybody. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time. You'll get none. You'll get none. You'll get none. I can't say that it gets to me, but every time I pull my head up, is a flex.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.